0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: You are listening to the next best picture podcast. And this is my interview with the writer and director for not. Okay. Quinn Shepard.
0: Danny. Yeah. Had a chance to read that article you sent me. What'd you think? You don't feel like it comes off a little tone deaf offensive. Even. I don't feel like you take me seriously as a writer. That's because you're not a writer. You're a photo editor. OK. Have you ever wanted to be noticed so badly? Hey, Mom. You want to hang out tonight? Oh. You didn't even care what it was for? Colin!
1: Oh, shit. What up, honey?
0: Danny, from work.
1: Danny.
0: Yo, Colin! I love your
1: videos, man.
0: <laughs> Thanks, B.
1: So, what are you? I'm
0: a writer. I'm looking to develop my work by traveling. <laughs> going to Paris for it. Shit. Hey, get pics. I'm gonna get lots of pics. Yeah, I'll throw them all up on the gram. Right. Shit. Hey, ah! I got invited to a writer's retreat in Paris. Yes, really. Starting my morning right. Now, where's my baguette?
1: Some breaking news at this hour. A string of terrorist attacks struck Paris this morning, leaving dozens dead and many more injured. (sighs) (sighs) Like
0: 2677 now arrived. Danny, Danny, she's okay.
2: We are here with the girl of the moment. You've been blowing up our insta feed. Speaking of bombings. Really glad you're not dead. Me too.
0: <laughs> Isn't she so strong, everybody? Oh my God! You're the girl from the Paris attacks. Let's not forget the signature red beret. Hi, I'm Danny
1: Rowan. Welcome to group. We're all survivors here.
0: Do you want to share? Oh. <laughs> if you're not okay, that's okay. The internet likes to turn victims into villains. Oh, it doesn't seem to be happening to me. You should be prepared if it does. We need to talk. Be careful what you f***ing wish for. So what, are we supposed to feel bad for you? <clears throat>
1: when how are you today?
0: Hi, I'm good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your new film, Not Okay. Uh, first, I want to ask about the connection between this film and your previous film blame, which I also thought had a very uh, great look at a young person's mind going through uh, obviously certain troubles and anxieties. And this is a really exciting time, not just in your career, but I imagine in your life. Uh, What is it about these characters that uh, draws you into them? And uh, can you talk about those connections between those two films?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I've always honestly just told very personal stories that Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think as a writer, I'm I usually my my favorite scripts that I've written have been things that just come out of like where my headspace is at the time that I'm writing them. Blame was something that I wrote when I was in high school, actually, and like reflected a lot of how I saw the world and how I was like male affirmation and kind of trying to fit myself into archetypes growing up as an actor. And it it was how I dealt with a lot of that through that film. And then with Not Okay, it was something that I started writing in 2018. Honestly, I was feeling really like angry and overwhelmed about like the state of the world and politics and like the rise in violence across the US. And then also I was like, next to those headlines on my phone, I was always seeing like, influencer ads and like they're you know you'd like tap past like the worst news you've ever seen and it's like somebody's vacation photos and it was like this very detached like cognitive dissonance of the world that I was feeling that I really wanted to talk about and capture in a story. And so the concept for not okay came to me through that. And it it was something I was honestly writing just to cope with how I saw the world at that time and like what I was feeling.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I think the other thread is just I, I love to provoke audiences a bit I like to have characters that exist in like uncomfortable gray areas of morality because I think it's interesting to kind of prod at an audience and force them to confront stuff in themselves so I think that's even though the movies are really different I think that's a thread between both films
1: and I imagine too that this one also holds a special significance as well uh, because your fiance Nadia Alexander is uh, a part of the the cast here and
0: at LuckyLandslots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: It was our last day of shooting at Um, It was so sweet. It was on the link bridge. It was like romantic and she recruited all the like cast and crew to be a part of it. So everybody was there and it was like, it was just so much fun. Yeah, That's fantastic. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that's great. I thought she was great in Blame as well. So I look forward to seeing hopefully more collaborations between the two of you in the future. Uh, Talk to me about Zoe, because the thing about this character that I love so much, uh, Danny Sanders, is that you come right out and say it in the very beginning that this is not a likable person. Like, be warned. (laughs) And I think that that's uh, very interesting because... You're asking your audience to follow someone that uh, is not going to be a protagonist that we're necessarily rooting for, but hopefully we can understand. Can you tell me about how Zoe was able to unearth those qualities in Danny uh, to make her a character that we could understand, even if we didn't necessarily
0: like her? Yeah. Zoe is, I think, an actress who really is excited by and gravitates towards female characters that are not traditional and are not just like, the rom-com love interest like she has such a great resume of playing these kind of provocative unlikable characters and so it was immediately a click for us when we met um we got on so well and I love like she had such a similar vision of Danny and of the film as I did which was that simultaneously she could see like she sympathized with Danny and she understood why she did what she did but she also felt like we couldn't pull any punches in the she was portrayed really needed to hone in on exactly that like razor sharp satire tone and exactly the commentary that yeah the like opening of the film kind of represents which is really understanding where the film aligns on her actions um and I think for Zoe while we were shooting she had to really I mean sort of no one thinks they're the villain of their own story and Danny Sanders certainly has no idea that she is and I think that for Zoe during shooting, she had to really like defend Danny and feel that she was completely deserving of redemption in order to like lock into that character and be able to be authentic. And I think that's why the performance feels so grounded. Um, But now it's funny because now she's like, now that I've walked away and had a year and watched the movie, I have different feelings about some of her (laughs) actions.
1: Another uh, person in this movie who with, along with this and her performance in Don't Make Me Go is just blowing me away this year is Mia Isaac. How did you find her because I I just like I'm really in awe of her talent and I love the volcanic energy that she just like brings to um her character uh, Rowan in this movie. Uh, I just want to know a little bit more about about her because she's so new on the scene and like, how did she come onto the project and what was it like working with her?
0: Mia is incredible. I mean, I think the movie, her performance in the film speaks for itself. She, uh, I had never heard of her before she auditioned for the film. We had been talking to agents for a long time about who might be able to play Rowan. And, you know, we were like, who are we going to find? Who's it going to be? Luckily, Searchlight was really supportive of it being kind of, it could be anyone from a discovery to a name. And honestly, as soon as I saw Mia's tape, I just knew. Like, she was exactly how I pictured the character. It was, yes, volcanic is like the perfect word. It was this like fire and passion and genuine, like, pain and love. And it is so much that she just holds inside of her that it just all came through in, in her very first tape. And I just absolutely knew that she was Rowan. Um, and she's also like, she's so kind and, and such a sweet, like lovely human being. And it was only her second project that she's ever done as an actress. And she was 17 when we shot. So yeah, it's always like an honor to get to work with somebody who, you know, is going to be really like, so famous and successful at like the very start of their career and it's i don't know it's very exciting as a director
1: totally uh and speaking of directing here you mentioned you know the sharp satire in this movie there's also i think a propulsive energy to the filmmaking in terms of the editing and the way the camera moves can you talk about some cinematic influences that you look towards to capture the right tone of not okay don't you know that you're a grown-up
0: Yeah. Um well we I love talking about uh Films that impacted me growing up. I mean, I think a big one cinematically that I talked about with my uh, director of photography was *I Tonya. Just the way that the camera moves in that, and like the really fast editing. *American Animals* I think is a great film, uh, and then totally just in the satire world, like *Nightcrawler* and *Network*. And uh, *Sorry to Bother You* is a big cinematic influence for me. My DP also shot *Blind Spotting*, which is one of my favorite films. Uh, I honestly, I could like list movies forever, but yeah, that, that propulsive and sort of symmetrical style was something that I wanted because I wanted it to reflect the way that Danny like moved through the world, always feeling like the center of attention. And so the, the way that there's a lot of like, perfectly symmetrical framing in the movie and, like, Mm -hmm. very much a wide angle, like it's all on Danny. And then as she becomes conscious of Rowan, that sort of gets disrupted because she sort of recognizes there's another person in the world besides herself. So it was fun to play with the cinematography in that way with Robbie Baumgartner, my DP. And then my editor, Molly Goldstein and I, we honestly just had such a blast. The screens were like a fascinatingly complicated part of making the movie and like the amount of screen content, but it's also fun because you could like get really experimental with how to edit it and how to pace it with like the flashes to Twitter and like how close we would be. So we really had a lot of fun editing.
1: Great. And then uh, I just want to know, we always like to wrap up our interviews by asking everybody what they have upcoming next, if you're allowed to say that is. Uh, we are very excited to see what you have uh, upcoming in the future.
0: I appreciate it. I have a, a new project with Hulu that unfortunately I cannot name yet, but it is going to be announced in the coming weeks. It's a limited series with Hulu is all I can say at the moment. And i am it's really exciting. It's very different from Not Okay, but I still think I'm excited for you for everyone to hear about
1: amazing well thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today about Not Okay coming to Hulu on July 29th uh, where everybody will be able to stream it and catch it Quinn best of luck to you and thank you so much
0: thank you thanks for the chat take care bye
2: hey everyone thank you so much for listening to my interview with the writer and director for the film Not Okay Quinn Shepard here on the next Best Picture podcast Not Okay is currently streaming on Hulu next time...